The research is in and it shows exactly what I've been saying. What Naval Ravikant's been saying is coming. Now Microsoft is actually seeing it in its research. The way we work has changed radically and this 8 to 5 schedule is finally dead. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. I can't even imagine. Like, it's so weird to me to think about working for a company that wants me to be in the office at 8 a.m. and to take like a 30, maybe a 60-minute lunch break in the middle of the day around 11 or 12, then come back to the office and stay till 5 or 6 and then go home. Like, just put me in prison like put me in a jail cell i can't imagine anything worse i like and and i'm i'm so grateful you all that a couple of years ago i read what naval ravikant was out there saying and others saying that the way we work is broken it's it's outdated It's back to the factory era and that most of us, especially professionals, people who are paid for knowledge that they've gained, wisdom that they put together, skills, all of that. I'm so grateful I came across their their claims that the way we worked was outdated. And it made me think, why am I doing that? Why am I working eight to five? It doesn't make any sense. And now Microsoft is out with a big research study. I found it reading an article in the New York Times, and I want to share it with you. Let's dive into that in just a a second. Welcome into the uh, Culture Hacks podcast. I am Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. If you want to see what we do with the organizations we work with, if you want to watch some clips, video clips of some of the leaders, the executives that we've worked with over the years, just go to LoneRockConsulting.com. And if you're interested in transforming the way you lead, we can do it. We can change the way you lead others. We can upgrade you and do it in just 30 days. If you want to find out more about what I'm talking about, check out leadin30.com. Thousands of leaders now going through that, and it is changing the way they view leadership, changing the way they run their organizations and their teams, and having a profound impact on their results. Leadin30.com. Okay, so let me read you a few of the uh, a few. Well, I, I guess let's let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to some of what I've been sharing with you in the podcast over the last year or two. When we wrote the book, The Great Resignation, we just dug in and did a ton of research around um, why people are so disengaged, why so many record numbers of people are leaving their jobs. And this trend did not begin with covid. COVID just like poured gasoline on the fire. It accelerated the change. And then you take with technology with that, 
the ability to work from home, the ability to be in a meeting with your coworkers anywhere in the world. You no longer have to be in the room. And, and we, we all embraced that technology. We frankly got a little tired of it and we're overusing it in many, in many cases right now. We forgot about this thing called a phone call that we can do a conference call. We, we think we need to be on a camera for every meeting. We're not in person and, and hopefully that will die off soon, but we do have the ability to plug in and, and that that virtual meeting is insanely productive and valuable. And when you utilize that technology to its fullest with chats and breakout rooms and all of that, people are can be totally engaged. And so if you go back to when we were researching the Great Resignation a couple of years ago, writing that book, the uh, I spent a lot of time reading the writings and the and the data about the way we work being broken. And, and here's the, here's the, uh, the quick, you know, kind of punchline to it. It makes no sense for us all to crowd onto the same freeway on ramps at the exact same time, no matter the industry we work in, no matter what our position is, no matter where the company is located, why in the world would we all get on the same freeway at the same time and go to work at the same time and come home at the same time? Maybe you are most productive at 9 p.m. So if I'm paying you for results, if I'm paying you for your best work, then I want you working at nine. And this this um, my my experience with this goes back to the media days when I started hiring web developers and creative types. So not just on air talk show personalities and reporters and producers and all of that. But now uh, media was branching into the digital world and into the Internet. And so we were we were building whole new departments in, in traditional broadcast media outlets. And so I would hire. I remember the first time I hired developers like computer software, website developers and graphic artists. And they wanted to work differently than our broadcast producers and on-air hosts. They wanted a dark room, like with no lights on. And they wanted music playing in the room. And they wanted to come in like at 11, 11 o'clock in the morning. And so I fought this, you all, when I first started hiring, I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. We're actually productive here. We show up at eight at the latest and the lights are on and we're all out here in this open space. And I couldn't hire anybody. They weren't interested. When we had that conversation, people turned down the job or they accepted it, but didn't last long. They hated that environment. It wasn't the culture they were looking for. It wasn't the environment that stimulated them. So finally I relented and I'm like, okay, why don't you just show up whenever you want to show up? I'm okay with that and do whatever you want with the light lighting back there. Put and the, and some of them put lamps in and multi, you know, different color bulbs and all of that stuff. And I'm thinking, man, are we having like a disco rave? Like, I don't know what's going on back in there. Um, and you know what? We got really good people and they put out really good work. And I realized, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, why, why does the lights being on, the music being off, the time of day doesn't matter. 
If we've got a meeting at nine o'clock, well, yeah, they need to be here at nine o'clock for that meeting if, if, if they're engaged in it. And by the way, they did. They came to those meetings. They just didn't come in at that time every day. And so I stopped worrying about all of these control mechanisms and everyone being a clone of each other and us working in the exact same way and productivity output like increased, improved dramatically. Then I left the media world and I went into the sales world, which is a whole nother discussion. And, um, and so I, I had salespeople and they were, they were often traveling. They were, they were on the road and, uh, and they had nighttime meetings with some of our potential clients in the industry that we were, that the sales team worked in. And I remember working with an executive who said he was so mad. He like, he called me up one day from a different state and said, why isn't so-and-so the salesperson for that particular location in that office? Why isn't he here? Like his office door is locked. His lights are out. And it's like 930 in the morning or 10 o'clock, whatever it was. And this, this executive, this leader was furious. And he was wondering why I wasn't like Russ, we've got to do something about this person that they're out. You know, they're not showing up They're they're and, and, and I would say, well, I know they had a meeting. La- I, I think they, they probably had a meeting last night in another city, had a late night drive back. And so I'm, I'm totally cool with them. Maybe they're out to breakfast right now with someone's, you know, with, with a potential client. I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not really worried about it. And this executive really came after me. And I'm like, man, why aren't you worried about it, Russ? And I said, because he's the top salesperson in the whole company. I don't care when he comes to work. He's producing. That's what I'm paying him for. Not to have his butt in a seat and pretend he's awake at eight o'clock in the morning when he got home at 1 a.m. or whatever. Even if he got home at 5 p.m. I don't care what time he shows up today if he's productive. And so that was a major change. That Those were kind of my introductions to this. And so... Then I started adjusting my own view of work that way. And I became resentful and irritated by endless meetings at the companies I worked for and being in at a certain time and having to stay like all of that just drove me insane. And I now believe that's because we aren't wired that way. Well, and I should say that differently. Many of us aren't. Some of you you're listening to this episode and you go, I love going to work at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. every day. I love staying till five. I love being around 20,000 other people in the same office building. I don't, I'm okay being stuck in congestion on the traffic when we're all going and coming at the same time. I love that environment. And you know what? We need people like you. <laughs> I am so glad you exist. Stay doing exactly what you're doing. I'm not wired like you. I'm going to go to the gym today and I'm not sure if it's going to be 930 in the morning or 1130 in the morning. And I'm going to work out. I'm going to be gone for like an hour and a half. And then I'm going to run and probably uh, wash my truck and run a couple of errands. And then I'm going to come back to it. I've got meetings before that. And then I'm going to go to a couple of meetings afterwards. And then I'm going to go and check on, cause I work out of my home office when I'm not on the road with clients. And then I'm going to go check on my kids, whatever else. And then, and then I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever. And then I'm going to do a little bit more work tonight. That's the way I work. I love working in these short bursts, like two or three hours here. And then I'm out. 
and I'm going to do another step and then I'm going to work for two or three hours and I'm going to, it's going to be a burst of energy and then I'm out and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to work for two or three hours and, and, and I'm going to, you're going to get a burst out of me. By the way, I think that's what 80%, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm going to get to Microsoft's data here in a moment, which is crazy cool. Really interesting. You need to be aware of it. If you're leading a team in any industry, you got to be aware of what's happening out there. This is the latest research. And, um, and, and so by the way, most people are wired the way I just described with these hour, a couple hours of burst. And that's why you see them hanging out and not doing anything and being completely unproductive for an hour or two or three at work. And then they hunker down and they get busy and they get out. There's a lot of output. And then they like hang out and just kind of chat about whatever at somebody's cubicle for an hour. And so you're paying, if you're paying people, obviously I know a lot of people, most people are on salaries, at least professionals, not on hourly, but regardless, I just don't like paying for people to hang out. So here's what Microsoft's research shows. It says, um, Microsoft has this incredible website. If you, if you, um, do a Google search and I'll put the link to this particular study, this research in the show notes to so swipe up, swipe over and tap on the link and you'll be able to go read exactly what I'm looking at on my, on one of my computer monitors right now, but they have this thing called the Microsoft work lab. And some of the, a lot of their research actually was the foundation of our book, the great resignation, what they found in March of 2020 or April of 2020, once the pandemic began, they were finding just astonishing numbers about the Microsoft totally predicted the great resignation. Their data said that that was the mindset. People are more than ever looking for other jobs or willing to change jobs. And a lot of CEOs and executives, we write about this in the book, a lot of executives looked at Microsoft's research and said, y'all are nuts. Or people may feel that way, but they're not actually going to act on it. And then month after month after month, and now two years in a row, record numbers of people have moved. Microsoft called it. They were 100% right. Their researchers have a ton of value in my mind. Um, so the work lab is what they call it, the Microsoft Work Lab. And, and they're researching the global workforce. Okay, here's, um, I'm just going to read a couple of sentences, a few paragraphs out of here. This is uh, the second paragraph in their, in their summary of their findings, their research. Findings from Microsoft and its researchers suggest that the nine to five workday is fading. Did you hear that? It's not me. It's not some visionary dude called Naval Ravikant out there. It's not some crazy person. Microsoft Research. I'll read it again. Findings from Microsoft and its researchers suggest that the nine to five workday is fading in an age of remote and hybrid work and more flexible hours. That pattern was first spotted. I'm reading on that pattern was first spotted early in the pandemic when Microsoft Teams, you know, the, the chat functionality some of you use uh slack some of you use microsoft teams to chat in where you're just typing in when microsoft teams chats outside the typical workday increased more than any other time segment particularly between 6 and 8 p.m so in other words here's what they're saying microsoft looks at the data they're looking at the trend lines and they see all these people in companies using the microsoft chat feature so they're chatting like in slack their, their instant messaging, direct messaging their coworkers inside the Microsoft Teams app at night. Like the number, the, the, num the number of the volume of chats inside companies jumped between 6 and 8 p.m. Microsoft said, well, that's weird. This is unusual. Newer data, I'm going back and reading this. 
Newer data suggests the trend is here to stay. Traditionally, knowledge workers had two productivity peaks in their workday, before lunch and after lunch. This is so interesting because I can totally relate to this. That's totally true. Like I remember when I worked in a in an office building with lots of other people in corporate America, you try to crunch and get a ton done between like 10 and 1130 or 930 and 1130, just pounding away. Then you go to lunch and then you got that conversation like you're chatting with people and you finally get back to your desk at 130 or two. And then it's just like plow away. Nobody bothered me. Maybe close the office door from two to four or 130 to 330. Some of you can relate. You're doing this right now. So that Microsoft would notice this burst of productivity during those times. Then they say, but when the pandemic sent so many people into work from home mode, a third peak emerged. So not just before lunch and after lunch, but a third peak emerged for some in the hours before bedtime. Microsoft researchers have begun referring to this phenomenon as a triple peak day. So my productivity peaks before lunch, my productivity peaks right after lunch, and my product my productivity peaks in the evening. That's exactly what I just said in this podcast like 10 minutes ago. That's how I work. Isn't that how you work? So why are we asking people to work to eight to five? And I'm, I'm going to wrap up here in a moment. And you can read this. It's super interesting. You all, I hope you'll click on the link, tap on the link and read this. So interesting. You need to be aware of this because I don't care what industry you're in. It's going to be harder to attract the most talented, the most qualified, the best talent. If you're put them into this clone machine of eight to five, like, no, thank you. And I know there's a good percentage of people that are good, that are okay with that. And just keep doing that. That's cool. But a lot of us aren't. And so if you want us to work for you, you can't put us into that machine. You've got to be flexible. There's a whole chapter, whole chapter in the great resignation. We wrote that because that's what the data showed us was, and it's a word that we came up with that we just found over and over and over in the research that described what people were looking for in this day and age, how their, their expectations, how their priorities have shifted. Now, flexibility is number one. Don't tell me where to work. Don't tell me when to work. Don't tell me how to work. Just tell me what you need me to produce and pay me for it. And I'm good. I'm golden. And the leaders who are telling you where to work and a lot of you companies out there, a lot of companies are saying, well, we're giving people flexibility. We want them in the office three days a week. That's not like, that's more flexibility than used to exist. But why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Who picked the number three, three days out of their rear end? Why isn't it two? Why isn't it four? Why isn't it one? And what days are they? Are you dictating that? Yeah, we want everybody in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but Mondays and Friday. Seriously? Like that's just a couple of steps up from childcare, elementary school. School is on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And it starts at 8 a.m. The bell rings then. And then it gets out at 5 p.m. And that's adult daycare. No. Tell me what you hired me to produce. What are the results you need me to deliver? And get out of my way. I'll let you know. And if you ping me and I don't get back to you for half an hour in the middle of the day, that's okay. By the way, the Microsoft research, as you read through it, what you're going to discover is what people are doing in those times between the peaks are taking care of their kids, attending to their parents, 
serving in the community, going to the gym, coaching their kids' soccer team. And you know what? That's what you want good people doing. And so think about the model 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Okay, we work really hard from 8 to 5. Then the kids are kind of hanging out at home. Maybe we've got a stay-at-home parent. Maybe we don't. Maybe one of us comes home early so we can be home within an hour or two of the kids coming home. And by the way, they're causing all kinds of problems because kids and idleness and no supervision is just a recipe for disaster. And so we try to get home whenever we can. We're feeling all this stress. We've got tons of congestion because we're leaving at the same time as everybody else. We get home. And so then we're, we're working with them for an hour or so real fast. And then we make dinner and then what's everybody do? Kids are doing homework and the parents are doing what? Watching television, destroying their brains, sitting their butt on a couch for three hours. Like that's what we want to encourage. I love the fact that in the evening people are working. I think that's awesome because guess what they're doing when the kid comes home from school, when your kid comes home, you're coaching their team. You're taking them to dance practice. You're making the after school snack with them. You're going to the gym. Don't we want you exercising? Like that keeps our medical premiums lower and that makes you more active and it causes all these things to be released in your body that I'm not too smart enough to know what they are, but it makes you more productive and happier and all those things, which makes you what? A better employee for me, better output, greater things for the customer. So I want you with your kid at two o'clock. I want you at the gym at 11. I want you in our meeting at nine. I need you to get that whatever it is to me today. And I don't care when it happens. So this study from Microsoft, which by the way, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes to the New York Times article that I read today as well, that you'll find interesting. Um, that's, that that, that um, mentions the Microsoft study, but then interviews a bunch of people. And, and there, there are some concerns, I'll acknowledge this, there are some concerns by these researchers, like, is it really good for us to have people working in the evening, like is work and life, home life, is that line blurring too much or whatever, and they're concerned about that, and, all, and are we, do we have people working 24-7? No. Like, stop being concerned. That's not the issue. It's actually called, like, how we like to live. I, it's not a drag for me to be on email or working in on, on my laptop, sitting on the couch as the kids are finishing up their homework at 8.30 at night or 9.30 at night. I'm like, I'm, I've got a second wind or a third wind. And I just want to, I'm just going to take an hour here. I'm going to do some work. And by the way, that freed me up doing that, freed me up from to be able to do whatever with my kids at two or to go like last week. I, in between meetings, virtual meetings I had. You know what I did? On one day, I went with my dad and checked out assisted living centers, independent living centers that he and my mom are considering moving into. Thank you. Thank you, this new work schedule that allowed me to do that in the middle of the day. And by the way, so then I had to be, I told my dad, I said, okay, let's go to this place and that place. And I got to get back to the house, dad, because I got a, I got a meeting with a client at this time. So I got back, logged into the meeting. Guess what my energy level for that meeting was? Off the charts. Because why? I was out with my dad, having a conversation, helping him in a way his son should. Came back, totally engaged, ready to go, refreshed. Because what? I hadn't been sitting at my desk working for seven hours. I love this new model. And I would encourage you, 
If you're in, if you uh, lead a company, a team, a division, if you're out there in corporate America, man, I would just encourage you to be a voice to champion this model. And I know some of you run factories and I know some of you run restaurants and I know some of you run retail outlets. And I know some of you, you, and I know you gotta, it's gotta be a little different, but find a way, find a way to give your people flexibility. You'll get better output. You'll retain better talent. You'll attract better talent. That's the way we all want to work. It's how we do our best work. And I am beyond thrilled to see this study, the research now showing that more and more companies are moving that way. The ones that don't are the ones that are losing their key people and will continue to do so until they wake up to what we all want. The way we work is changing The model has been broken. The adult daycare system just doesn't make sense for most of us. There are a few of you that still like it and bless you for doing so. (laughs) I hope you're healthy. I hope you're doing well. If you found value in this episode and you're new to the Culture Hacks podcast, tap on that ad, follow, subscribe button. You'll get two new episodes every week. Stay well, you all. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.